This is not a dream, and I am not a nightmare. Welcome to the Thursday Night Show. John Henry from JohnHenry.us here with you tonight. And we are going to pick up... Uh, last night, we were having a uh, long discussion about uh, defusing uh, propaganda tactics. Uh, talking about that in uh, specifically in the context of uh, dealing with uh, this... this uh, high level of anti-Sanders activity uh, in authentic actors and so on and so forth. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and I am going to set that up in front of my face and we're going to turn it on. Bang, there we go. Let's talk about the coronavirus real quick and see where we are at with that. Uh, this is the... Uh, most reliable site that I found so far for information. As you can see, uh, we're up uh, about 15,000 more deaths uh, since Monday. Uh, total serious, total recovered. 116 now out of 195 countries affected. Uh, there is the, something that I wanted you to kind of notice here. The global recovery uh, China 78% and uh, the United States at 1%. That is a little scary. Uh, there's just no fancy way to put that. Um, and I think that reflects our uh, extremely poor uh, prior planning and preparation. Um, you know, President Trump was briefed on this three months ago and chose not to do anything about it. I was telling people two months ago already, uh, hey, this is this is going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I sent a note out to uh, my social circle saying hey look it's probably time for y'all to uh, you know start thinking about getting prepared uh because it's going to hit and people are going to panic and it's going to get crazy and now you're starting to see that happen um uh all day today uh you know the nhl has is canceled or postponed their season the nba has canceled or postponed their season live nation and aeg which are the two largest uh touring uh, production companies for live concerts in the country uh, have suspended all of their shows uh, for the spring. I didn't catch the deadline on that. Uh, the state of Ohio has closed all of their public schools. I don't imagine uh, that Michigan, where I am, uh, is much behind. Uh, Western Michigan University and all of Michigan State Colleges have gone to online-only classes, etc., etc., Etc. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a bit of a mess out there and not entirely unexpected if you have been paying attention and watching the show and hearing what I've been uh, talking about here over the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, I don't know exactly uh, how to make this entertaining, <laughs> right? Uh, there's nothing entertaining about it. Um, it's, it's really sad and disturbing uh, and unfortunate. Um, that we live in a culture that has so glorified anti-intellectualism and cynicism. Um, and there's still, right, I, I cut a guy off today on my, on my Facebook thing, just, you know, laughing and giggling and, and, you know, talking to me like I don't know what the hell I'm saying when this dude did barely graduated high school, you know. Uh, I, I, the human ego is just fascinating to me. Uh, and, and the more, 
tense the situation with the, the coronavirus becomes, uh, the more clear it becomes to me that that really is one of the biggest problems that we face is human egos. We don't like to think we're wrong about anything. We don't like to think that we've been fooled about anything. Um, and, and literally, even when our lives are on the line, uh, we will protect our egos before we think of protecting anything else. Um, it seems like you know, the hardest thing for a human being to say anymore is maybe I was wrong. Maybe I got took. Maybe I was fooled. Um, for those of you who, uh, who joined us last night uh, on the live stream or who have, uh, you know, subsequently watched that or uh, listened to the podcast or seen the uh, the various posts that I've made on social media, uh, we have this, this big document uh, that we were going through. Uh, I do have the article uh, posted up on my site uh, as a uh, sort of a companion piece to uh, these broadcasts so that you can go back and, and uh, you know, reference it and take a look at it and, uh, you know, go back to it when you need to hear or see or remind yourself of what we're doing. And so, uh, last night, uh, well, before I get too into it, let's go ahead and just kind of recap. Um, and of course, you know, I posted this in plain text on, on the big page. Uh, I had a, a conversation with, with David, who was the founder of the page and, and who invited me to uh, be an administrator a long time ago. And, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, my, my decision to retire and so forth. And, and his attitude was, you know what the hell with it? Uh, you know, your voice needs to be out there and uh, people need to hear it. And, you know, there's a lot of trolls and a lot of nonsense and, uh, you know, just delete them, ban them, right? The numbers aren't important. What's important is the quality of the audience and, and the quality of the people in the discussion that is happening there. So um, I, I have taken that advice uh, and I posted uh, this whole thing uh, as plain text. And of course, immediately just, you know, got excoriated by, ironically, people going out of their way to to demonstrate all of these principles, right? Uh, and because I frame it, uh, just because I framed it in, in the context of uh, the Sanders campaign. Uh, and that is not really the point. Uh, really, the point is understanding how you're manipulated and how information is used to manipulate you and how the artificial appearance of social approval uh, is is a very powerful tool that people use uh, to to gain compliance uh, from an audience uh, or from a group that, uh, you know, they're they're trying to work with. So, uh, just going over, uh, real quick, a, a recap, right? Uh, we talked about, I, I went through kind of a step-by-step -step deconstruction of, uh, how, you know, this has happened so far in terms of, uh, how the Democratic Party, um, knew going in that they were going to have to deal with Sanders and they didn't want him to have the nomination, uh, because he's a threat to, uh, a lot of their money and a lot of their entrenched power. And so, uh, you know, if I were a political consultant, which, you know, I'm qualified to be, right? Lots of the people who took the same class as I did are doing exactly that. Um, you know, I sat down and I thought about, okay, well, how would I have done this? And and laid out some points. Uh, again, not necessarily about Sanders, right? If Elizabeth Warren had been the front runner, you would be having the same conversation about her. If Andrew Yang had been the front runner, uh, if any 
outsider, if anybody who threatened the establishment's power had been the frontrunner, this conversation would be about them uh, and, and not Bernie Sanders. But because Sanders is the frontrunner, uh, it, it ends up uh, being about him. And so we talked about, uh, you know, just understanding techniques of disinformation, which I've talked about repeatedly on this show and will continue to talk about because I think it's probably the most important thing that most people don't grasp. Uh, there are a lot of things in the world that people kind of don't know or don't understand, but uh, propaganda and manipulation is the number one thing on the list. There's no question about that. And one of the things that makes it so tough is, again, the ego problem, right? We don't, you know, Mark Twain is attributed with a, a quote that he actually didn't say. It's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, far easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. Um, that sort of echoes something that he actually did say. But um, people just, they, they, will resist to the death. They will resist the idea that they've been taken in by a scam. Um, and, and this is why, right? We talked about this in, uh, in a couple of different classes that I took, uh, in, in, um, my con program about, you know, you, you see these like end of the world cults and then the, the end of the world doesn't happen. And the people in, they don't abandon the cults. They stick with it and they blame themselves, right? And, and I talked about this a little bit last night with, um, you know, with, with broader, uh, religious groups and, and less, you know, more socially acceptable groups, Christianity and Catholicism and, and Islam and, uh, you know, Judaism and all this, right? There's a thread of thinking there that, you know, if you pray really hard for something and it doesn't happen, it must be because you didn't pray hard enough, because you are somehow a, a sinner or flawed or you did something wrong. And that's the same way, right? These end of the world cults, you see it every few years. Somebody says, well, you know, so-and-so preacher in bumfuck Indiana says that, you know, December 13th, 2015 is the last day of the earth and his followers are preparing and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, uh, on a very rare occasion, uh, the Heaven's Gate cult uh, back in the, I think, the late 90s was probably the, the go-to example of this, where they actually, when the end of the world didn't show up, they all just killed themselves, right? Uh, but the usual response is the cult members, a small portion of them will peel off, uh, and the rest will double down, and they'll say, well, we, you know, we must have calculated wrong, or we weren't holy enough, we, we, we didn't do enough to deserve the rapture. Um, and it's just, it's fascinating the way that, that we protect our own self-image, um, and, and it's got to be a, a pathological thing. It's not healthy anymore. There's a certain level of, uh, you know, healthy protection of your self-esteem. Uh, but, but by and large, I think as a culture, we have way, way gone over the edge on that stuff. So, um, identifying inauthentic behavior. We talked about, uh, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with, uh, trolls or people online who appear to be more interested in sending a fake message than in having a conversation. How do you, how do you identify them and how do you deal with them? Um, and, and my response to that is a lot of times you can't, uh, at least in the first message, right? Uh, and so the way to handle that is to assume first, uh, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Uh, give them the benefit of the doubt and, and treat them as though they are coming at you with a genuinely believed assertion, uh, that needs to be, you know, debunked or, or, or disproven somehow. Uh, when you start getting into exchanging information and you say, well, look, I know that you say that Bernie Sanders is really a secret, uh, you know, Satanist or whatever, but here's this interview with Anton LaVey Jr., the head of the Church of Satan, and he says, and they keep going at it, right? 
then it's probably time to just cut it off. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of the same, uh, the same calculus that I use when I'm moderating, uh, the big page, you know, I'll let somebody go a few times with, you know, the nonsense, the Russian troll, this and the blah, blah, blah. Um, and usually if you give them two or three messages by the third message, you know, you're dealing with a bullshit artist or you're dealing with somebody who's just misled and can be led back to the truth. Uh, or at least it's worth trying. So, uh, we went through debunking some specific points last night. I'm not going to go back into those uh, that we already covered, but I want to pick back up uh, sort of where we left off, which, uh, uh, let me see here. Now I've got to remember, <laughs> because I'm a professional and I take notes. Um well, let's let's uh, let's pick it up, um, and I think this is this is probably where we left off or, or close to it, right? Um, and and this is something that Joe Biden actually repeated, right? The American people don't want revolution. Um, that's not true. Uh, in in every single poll, in every single uh, broad questioning of American people, regardless of whether they're left, right, or center, whether they identify as Democrat or Republican, uh, no matter how they call themselves. Uh, what the the response is is yeah they do want revolution uh, most people agree that our healthcare system is junk and needs to be uh, revamped most people agree that higher education is something that should be available to everybody without going into tens of thousands of dollars of debt most people agree there should be robust and effective social welfare programs to make sure that do everything that we can to make sure that every single person in this country uh, has the greatest possible opportunity to become the best person that they can. Nobody disagrees with those things. If if you phrase the question, do you want a revolution? Well, of course not. People immediately start thinking about war and shooting and people dying and Americans fighting Americans and all this negative stuff. So if you phrase it that way, well, no. Right? Again, it's, it's games with semantics. It's games with techniques of propaganda and compliance gaining. Right? Um, you know, if 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 I say that uh, you know your mother was a a deeply loving uh, woman who uh, really enjoyed being a mother and uh, loved her husband very deeply and passionately, uh, then you know you'll you'll go, oh, that's so sweet. If I say your mother was a randy whore, uh, then you're going to get pissed off. But it really means the same thing, <laughs> right? It's all about the phrasing. It's all about the words. Um, so this idea, you know, people don't want revolution. You know, maybe maybe that, uh, you know, uh, 500 to 1,000 people that's sitting at the top of the pile and kind of own everything and have, you know, uh, tens of millions or hundreds or billions of dollars uh, laying around to throw at politicians and buy $10,000 plate dinners don't want a revolution because they are the ones who are at the greatest risk of a popular uprising uh, because that's, you know, uh, that's that's the French Revolution. It's when the guillotines come out, right? Um so, so I think, like when Joe Biden says that, right? I think that reflects the world that he's in, uh, and and uh, Biden is not, you know, an affluent man per se, uh, but he has been in politics for many, many years, and he has been surrounded for many, many years by these wealthy power players, uh, and that is the world that he moves in, in the world that he inhabits. Um, and unlike 
right as a contrast with with Sanders he plays ball uh you know Biden Biden will have these $10,000 plate dinners he will go out and 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 you know entertain these folks and give them access and so that makes him more vulnerable to that uh to that narrative uh and to accepting it as true uh than uh, somebody like Sanders who is you know by all accounts pretty uh disinterested in appealing to the billionaire class so uh, in the meantime, you know, again, half a million people on the streets, two and a half million school kids a year report being homeless, 80 some odd million people uh, with uh, insufficient or no access whatsoever to health care. And the people don't want a revolution. That's bullshit. They just don't call it that. Everybody wants health care. Everybody wants a roof over their head. Everybody wants material security. Everybody wants to be able to wake up in the morning and not have to worry about what they're going to eat, where they're going to live, if the bills are going to get paid. And that's not where we're at right now. So in order to get to that from where we are, requires a revolution. You just don't say it that way. Uh, people don't want to change too quickly. Um, again, maybe that, that you know, uh, rapidly shrinking group of people who enjoy the privilege of material security don't want to change too quickly. But, you know, uh, this, this plays immediately to the coronavirus situation. People don't want to change too quickly. But when you make it important to them personally, they will real fast. Right. Um, and this ties into kind of one of those more uh, depressing tendencies of humanity uh, that I've talked about in the past. It seems like, you know, and, and that is privilege by definition, the idea that we don't have a problem until I have a problem. Right. And you're seeing that this weekend or this week, rather. Uh, we saw it today. Right. The Federal Reserve threw a trillion and a half dollars at Wall Street today. Right. And this, by the way, goes all the way back to the modern monetary theory stuff that I've been talking about and everything else. Right. Everyone's like, oh, well, how do how do dollars happen? Blah, blah, blah. Congress creates them. They appropriate it. It comes into existence. They literally spend money into existence. That's how every dollar happens. And they did it a trillion and a half times today. Um, the irony to that, of course, is that it would cost about the same thing to forgive all of the student debt. Uh, in this country, we don't have the political will to do that. Uh, but now that rich people are getting sick and money is being lost big time, now all of a sudden it's an emergency and we've got to throw cash at it, right? Now we've, oh, you know, we got the money now. Nobody's asking where are we going to come up with the money, right? And, and you know, uh, Republicans, congressional Republicans today shut down a, a you know, a work relief for, a, you know, a, a paid leave type uh bill to fund some of that stuff uh, to give people sick leave without them having to go broke. They shot it down, right? Using the same excuse, oh, who's going to pay for it? Well, who's going to pay for that trillion and a half dollars we just gave to Wall Street? Same question, but they don't ask that because it's their campaign donors and it's the people who keep them in power uh, that get that money. And, and so those people are going to be happy and they'll get advertising money and they'll be able to convince uh, the people back home uh, that it's all in their best interest. So, uh, you know, this, this idea that people don't want change too quickly is, is again, it's a ruse. It's, it's a distraction. It's a tangent. It really doesn't mean anything uh, because it's frankly, it's not about what people want at this point. Uh, we are in a situation where, again, a half a million people live on the streets chronically. Two and a half million school children miss you know report being homeless at some point during the school year those people want change immediately right this second 
okay? I want change right now because I want out from under these student loans that I can't pay and I can't get a job to pay off. I want health care, right? I would love to be able to get back on lithium so I'm not depressed all the time and my moods aren't all up and down all the time. I'm not quite so batty sometimes and so reactive and emotional uh, and I can be a little bit more, you know, stable and, and a little bit more quote-unquote normal. Um, I can't access that stuff. I want that changed immediately, right? So I, you know, you, when somebody comes at you with, well, people don't want change too quickly, ask them which people and which change, right? Who are these people that don't want change too quickly and what is the change they don't want, right? And eventually people are either going to sit there fumbling for answers or they're just going to keep repeating it because, again, they're not really trying to have a conversation. What they're really trying to do is throw out disinformation and propagate it. They just want people to see them saying that over and over again because they know if people see them say it over and over again, some of those people will repeat it, right? Um, moving on, right? Bernie has no plan to get us blah, blah, blah. Balls. It's on his website. Go read it. It's, it's as simple as that. His plans are right there uh, in black and white, and they're a hell of a lot more robust than anybody else's. So go read it, right? People who say that haven't taken five seconds to even go look for the information. They don't want to see it, and they don't want you to go look for it. They want you to take them at their word. Oh, he doesn't have a plan. Oh, well, you're right. And again, back to the compliance game tech is, oh, well, let me see. You're on a page about uh, Barack Obama, and I like Barack Obama too. And so if you say he has no plan, then you must be right because we're, we're alike. No, you're, you're being played. Uh, and, and I've, uh, I've taken a, a more proactive role in trying to clean some of that up and, and get discussion on that page back into a productive state. What's the next? Oh, he's hiding information about his medical condition. Okay. So Sanders had a heart attack in October last year, whatever. Um, and Sanders being Sanders, right? Uh, the fine art of bullshitting is not really something he's good at. And so he says, hey, look, I'll release my medical records. And then everybody goes, oh, well, that means you're going to release every medical record from your entire life all the way back to your first tetanus shot when you were 10 years old or whatever. Uh, and then when he doesn't do it, people say, oh, well, he, he lied. Nonsense. He released letters from three of his doctors, uh, people who have examined him. Everybody says he's fine. I'm willing to accept that. I'm also willing to accept that he's going to select a vice presidential candidate uh, who will be an acceptable replacement should the worst happen and we need a new president uh, while he's in office. So, uh, again, this is this is meaningful. The tied in, or uh, meaningless, rather, tied in with that uh, same assertion is, uh, oh, well, he's, he's too old. <sighs> All right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg right now is... The same age that Bernie Sanders would be when he leaves office at the end of two terms. Okay. And yeah, she's, she's old. She's still functioning. She's kicking all sorts of ass on the Supreme Court, right? They, they had an abortion case the other day and she tore ass up one side and down the other. She was on it like a pit bull. Okay. Where do you get this information? How do you validate that? How do you prove that? Arguing even with her fellow justices, right? So again, this is, this is, it's ageism and it's just pat bullshit, right? It's easy answers and human beings like easy answers. That's right. My life. If I say something that's more than a paragraph long, well, why are you so angry? Well, I'm not angry. I'm speaking complete sentences. I'm sorry if that's confusing to you, but you know, uh, Bernie's a hypocrite because he rails against the wealthy, but he's a millionaire. Uh, okay, so uh, since the last 
presidential election. Uh, the Sanderses, uh, Bernie and his wife, inherited his wife's parents' home, right? Uh, and he also wrote a best-selling book. And so their net worth is about $2.5 million right now, which isn't a bad chunk of money, but it certainly is not, you know, the Jamie Damone, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, uh, you know, Sergey Brin. Um, it's it's not that 1%. Uh, it's nowhere near the level of money that you're talking about when you start talking about the ownership class in this country, those 500 or 1,000 people who own everything, right? This is, it's just nonsense it's vaporware crap it's a distraction it's a tangent and bernie sanders has never said he's anti-capitalist he's never said he hates money uh what he has always campaigned against is wealth inequality and the abuse of great amounts of wealth for political power which is why we have progressive taxation and so on and so forth i've talked about that before as well right um this is cute because somebody actually pulled this out critiquing this article, and it was right here. Clearly, they didn't bother reading it. Right? Oh, well, he's a divider, not a uniter. Okay, so there's a couple of things involved here. First of all, uh, this suggests that it's more important to have a united Democratic Party than it is to have a healthy country, uh, which I think is ludicrous. Okay, I am not a Democrat. I have never been a Democrat. Uh, now, granted, most of my votes in my life have been for Democratic candidates because I am left wing. And that is the closest thing that I can get to uh, what I want to vote for. I don't give a rat's ass about the Democratic Party. Never have. And I never will. Uh, I tend to take the Jeffersonian approach approach to political parties. I think they're a cancer on our entire system. Uh, it's two corporations that control our electoral processes. And that is one of the reasons why it's broken, right? Strip the parties out, strip the names out, and just put forth a list of proposals and ideas in front of people. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more liberals and left-wingers out there than you think there are. Uh, and a lot of them don't think they are. But you start asking the right questions, and you take away the labels that they've been trained to react to, and all of a sudden you find out things are a little bit different. So this idea of, you know, oh, he's a divider. I don't know. He's, he's uniting about 90 million people who don't feel represented, who think that voting is a waste of time because every time they vote, you know, there's rarely a candidate they want to vote for in the race, and then they go vote for him, and it ends up being some tricks with the Electoral College or something like that, right? Um, nonsense, right? Sanders, a divider, not a uniter, yet he packed 35,000 people into an arena in Los Angeles yesterday in the middle of a pandemic scare. 35 people showed up in an arena to see the guy, and that's a divider. Nah, balls, right? And this was, by the way, this is one of those ones that was pulled out on Obama, Right? Oh, he, Obama's dividing the country, which was complete bullshit. Obama didn't divide the country. What happened is Obama was a black man, and he got elected to the presidency, and all of the racist jackasses in the country went, oh, my God, that's terrible. I can't blah, blah, blah. And because they couldn't deal with it, they accused him of being divisive. Nonsense, right? Uh, he can't expand the base. He can't expand the base. Bernie Sanders can't expand the base. Um, and you'll notice that, that so much of this stuff is coming from pseudo-intellectual blather anyway. 
okay? I mean, you're not hearing this from people who are putting themselves forward as political experts or political scientists, right? But anyway, they, they, they recycle these lines. He can't expand the base. He has expanded the base, right? I just voted in the Democratic primary. That is a de facto expansion of the base by at least one person. They get to count that as a vote for their party, right? And all the young people and all these disaffected people who aren't voting because they don't believe that anybody who really stands for them can win... And they have been taught to believe that for decades. Most of the people that are able to vote right now have lived their entire lives in a world where there is no evidence that there will ever be anybody for them to vote for that actually cares about them. Of course they don't show up. Here comes Bernie saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fight for you and I'm going to try to make your life better. You watch. If Sanders manages to pull this this uh, this uh, nomination out, which I, I think he's got a better chance than people are giving him credit for, okay? This is, show is not nearly over yet. Uh, I think you're going to see a, a huge uh, expansion of the base because I think he's going to beat Trump in a landslide. Uh, Biden, not so much. I'm not, I'm not convinced Biden can even beat Trump, to tell you the truth. Um, but we'll see how that goes. And, and by the way, again, you know, is your loyalty to a political party or to the best interest of this country? Because what's good for the Democratic Party is not necessarily good for the American people. And we keep forgetting that part, too. You know, uh, and it's, you know, it's a question that I ask in the article. And feel free to ask that question, right? Ask somebody, what has the Democratic Party, not somebody in the Democratic Party, what has the Democratic Party done for you? ever. What has the Democratic Party done to improve your life? See what kind of answers you get. I bet they won't be answers. Uh, oh, he has no experience in international politics, and this one pissed somebody off, because you know what? By the, by the measure people are using to make that assertion, Neither did nearly anybody who's ever been a president. Carter, Obama, Reagan, Ford, Nixon, Kennedy, right? Oh, well, Kennedy's dad was an ambassador, and he used to hang out at parties. I don't give a shit. That's not an experience in international politics. That's a kid sitting in his dad's room while he works. You know, take your child to work day is not experience in international politics. Sorry. If you're going to take away the fact that Bernie Sanders has been to 41 countries and talked with these people and worked with these people and negotiated with those people over a career of 50 years, then you don't get to include the fact that John Kennedy's dad was an ambassador. Right? Equal measures. If you're going to use the same measuring stick, then yeah, they both have experience in international politics. So make up your minds, right? Again, this is one of those things where people try to hold up a uh, hold up an ideal uh, and and hold Sanders to a much higher standard uh, than they'll hold anyone else, including their chosen candidates. Um, and I want to be clear, you know, I I don't I don't hate Joe Biden. Okay, I don't think Joe Biden is a bad human being. I just don't think he is going to make a good president. I don't have confidence that he can win because the the people of this country are absolutely starving for positive change. That's how we got Trump, right? And we do that, you know, I, I've said this before, I said it the other night, 
and and I was so afraid that this is what would happen, and it's exactly what happened. And I called it four years ago, right? In 2016, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes and lost the Electoral College. Now the whole conversation is about how Hillary won the popular vote and it was just an Electoral College technicality that she lost on. We have completely forgotten that the race never should have been anywhere near that close in the first place. We have completely forgotten that Hillary Clinton had a very experienced and intelligent and highly paid team of political experts, every single one of whom knows what the damn electoral college is and how it works, and they blew it off. Hubris. Arrogance. Right? And they did the same thing in 2016 that they're doing now with the left, right? It's, we don't care what you've got to say. We don't want to hear from you. We don't need you in our party, but, oh, come vote for us in November. And I think they're going to get the same results if they end up getting the candidate that they're trying to install. So uh, it, it really has nothing to do with, like, the dislike of Joe Biden. I'm sure Joe Biden's a great guy. I'd love to sit down and have a beer with him or whatever. I just don't think he's presidential material, and I don't think he's going to be an effective candidate. So, uh, that's, that's, you know, how that goes. Right. And, and again, just like four years ago, right. Everybody goes, Oh, well, the electrical college or the electrical, <laughs> the electric electoral college and technicality. And look at how smart I am because I can say electoral college and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Hillary Clinton should have beat Donald Trump by a minimum of 15 million votes. If she had even bothered trying to run a serious campaign, she would have stomped Donald Trump, and she didn't. And the Democratic Party is not running a serious campaign behind Joe Biden right now. I mean, I will bet you that you cannot name one, one complete policy proposal that Joe Biden has right now. I can only think of one thing that he has said he will do, and that is to move Obamacare, right, to put the individual mandate back into Obamacare. He's not going to put in the protections against, you know, predatory, useless, dead letter policies. He's just going to make sure everybody has to buy one. Makes no sense, right? He's going to put back the worst part, leave out the, the parts that actually protected consumers, and that's supposed to be advancement. That's... Mm -mm. Sorry. And again, it's nothing personal against Joe Biden. I like the guy, you know, uh, on a personal level. I don't have anything against him. I just don't think he's the man for the job. So, uh, but again, you know, this uh, getting back to the point that I was making, this whole uh, no experience in international politics, it's it's vaporware, it's an empty complaint, has no substance, um, and it's pretty easy to rebut if you just take a little time to do it, all right? And, and then finally, we come to the Bernie Bros, which is an artificially constructed narrative and always has been, okay? Always has been. There were never Bernie Bros. I've never seen one. The people who I have met have only been able to say that they ran into somebody who acted like a jerk and claimed to support Sanders. I have never, ever one time talked to anybody who says, I know this person personally. I know this person supports Bernie Sanders, and this person is a misogynist, racist, whatever. Right? Where are these people? But what that does, that label, that concept, getting that out into the mainstream and putting it forward that is as an artificial narrative that people then buy because it's convenient for them, they get to reach out, oh, well, I don't like Bernie and he scares me a little bit and I'm afraid that he's going to impact my 401k, so I'm going to I'm gonna say these things against him. Oh, Bernie bros, I heard that one, Bernie bros, right? And then they'll call me a Bernie bro. 
and that's you know my life uh has been uh one that has given me ample opportunity to watch people uh try to shame intelligence and try to shame erudition and try to shame uh you know uh, the, the uh, eloquence dare i say right speaking in complete sentences having complex thoughts etc cetera, etc cetera, right uh you know and even even today uh, when i when i posted this article up on uh on a I love to wake up. It was, oh, well, this is all gibberish and it's all a conspiracy theory and it's all this. And people who clearly, you know, not only didn't read the article, but wouldn't have a fucking clue what it said if they did read it. Okay. And, and this is the same thing, right? This is the same thing. So now if I write a paragraph about why I support universal health care, I must be angry. Or somebody says something remarkably and incredibly and 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 unquestionably fucking stupid, and I say, "Well, that's fucking stupid." Oh, you're you're a birdie, bro. You're attacking me. I'm not attacking you. You said something fucking stupid. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Sit here and shake your hand and pat you on the head and give you a participation trophy? Because well, at least you talked. Nonsense. This idea that I have to placate everybody's egos and be nice to everybody. I mean, they're the especially when you start getting into Trump land, these people want me dead, okay? These people want my, my, my you know, foster nieces and nephews who are African-American to be poor all their lives because they have dark skin. These people want my daughter to be dead because she's bisexual. These people want my gay friends dead. These people have no respect whatsoever. And yet I'm a bad guy because I call them bigots. Oh, how dare I? Oh, I think I've got the vapors. Fuck them. Um, and, and by the way, there are a lot of Sanders supporters out there that are angry and rightfully so, you know, read the news. Why aren't you angry? That's what I want to know. Somebody comes to me and says, well, what are you so pissed off about? <laughs> Look at the news. Why aren't you pissed off? Oh, because you think you're protected, right? Because you are in a privileged situation where maybe you've got some sense of security in your job or you know some people and so you'll be okay or your family's got some money so if you run into trouble, you've got a safety net, right? Privilege, again, if it's not a problem for me, it's not a problem. I don't have a lot of time for that and I, frankly, I don't have a lot of respect for it and I don't, I don't think I owe that respect. I don't think that I have a duty to pretend to respect people who do not respect me, okay? And, and when you're going to stand up and say, well, I'm, I'm against universal health care, what you're saying is you want me to die young. You want me to suffer every day, all day with suicidal thoughts and depression right? Oh, I don't want student loan forgiveness. You want me to spend the rest of my life having my wages garnished if I can get a job at high interest rates for a degree that I couldn't finish because I couldn't get enough student loans to support myself and go to school. So I had to work 20 extra hours a week while I'm taking, you know, 15 to 18 credit hour class or class load, right? What's the rule of thumb? Two and a half to three hours of work for every credit hour. So if I'm taking 15 credit hours a semester and working 24 hours a week or 20 hours a week, which is a half-time job, that's already 65 hours a week. That's before I eat, sleep, do anything. The system is rigged. The system is rigged. It is rigged in the favor of people who are born into privilege. 
The student loan system is a sick joke. I couldn't get a student loan when I was 18. I had to wait until I was 40, at which point I paid 14 times what I would have paid. And I did the math, okay? 1,400% increase in tuition between 1988 and 2000 at the at Western Michigan University. 1,400%. And to ask why I'm mad is itself just another form of gaslighting. Because if you were in my shoes, you would probably would have killed somebody by now. If not yourself, somebody else. You know? I mean, I, you can read news stories all day long about people that climb big old, you know, high towers with shotguns or drive their cars into crowds of people who, frankly, had it a hell of a lot easier than I am and have a lot less to be pissed off than I do. I dare anybody to live those shit that I've gone through and not be pissed off. And now there's actually a solution on the horizon. There's actually a candidate for the first time in my life, a candidate that I'm 100% certain is on my side completely. I don't have any reservations whatsoever. I liked Obama, but I didn't agree with everything. Right? He didn't support gay marriage when he was elected. I didn't agree with that. Right? He was a little more on the, the imperialist thing than I am. I didn't agree with that. He was a little friendlier with the big banks than I would have liked. I didn't agree with that. Right? Sanders hits all those boxes. And now you're telling me I'm not allowed to support him. Because... You fell for some propaganda. Yeah, that pisses me off. So, but when you're out in the wild and you're dealing with those people and you're trying to have a conversation and you're trying to make a, a meaningful dent in the propaganda and, and the uh, opposition to Sanders, you have to try to avoid that stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm me and I do this and, and part of that is, you know, personality and, and, uh, you know, it's not acting, but it's, it's, you know, uh, I have the privilege in, in being who I am and doing what I do of, I, I don't have to mince words. Uh, I don't have to necessarily play nice all the time. Right. Because I'm, you know, uh, kind of a professional asshole. Uh, not everybody has that luxury. And so for those of you who don't have that luxury, a few simple tips to try to keep your conversations on the level. And the very first one is avoid confrontational tones, right? Uh, you know, we all come, we've all heard the Bernie bros crap. I, I get it. I understand how frustrating it is. And I understand how frustrating it is to, to be talking to somebody who obviously isn't listening. And we've already talked about that, right? Give them three cycles of conversation, Three back and forth, right? If they haven't stopped trying to stonewall you by the time you get to the third back and forth, either they're not genuinely involved in a conversation, they're not trying to have a conversation, they're either trying to win an internet argument, which is the dumbest thing in the world, or they're just trying to continue repeating their points because they know that that the, the, the believability of a given statement increases every time you repeat it. Right. And again, this goes back to Goebbels. This is old school propaganda techniques and it's not a secret. OK, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is a science. OK, this is a science. And if you tell people the same lie enough times, more and more of them will believe it. OK. And I, you know, I talked about this once before on another show and I'm going to mention it again because it's so, so appropriate to this conversation. I ran into uh, a conversation a few weeks ago with this guy who had posted 
a, a photograph of Donald Trump. It, it appeared to be a video capture of Donald Trump from some interview show in the 80s, right? It was the old VHS looking, you know, uh, low resolution stuff. And it had a caption across it uh, that said, you know, uh, it's it was the old, uh, you know, if I ever ran for president, I'd run as a Republican because they're all stupid, right? Which he didn't say. Uh, now, when that story, uh, when that urban legend, when that myth first surfaced, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was supposedly in a People magazine interview. It wasn't even on a TV interview, right? It wasn't a televised thing. It was something he supposedly said to magazine, right? Oh, well, as People magazine, they said, no, here's the interview. He never said that. Here's the tapes of the interview. He didn't even say that to the reporter, let alone did we print it. It never happened, right? So this guy posts this screen cap, and I'm like, this is this is bullshit. It's wrong. Here's the Snopes link, right? Never happened. Why are you repeating it? It doesn't help your case to repeat lies. And if you have to lie to make your point, you don't have a point to make, and you probably ought to shut up and let somebody else do it, right? And... By the way, when you do things like that, when you post this made-up Trump quote, you are validating Trump's fake news narrative. You're literally handing him the ammunition to shoot you down. Right? And I pointed this out, and I was polite about it. And the guy says, oh, no, I saw this interview. I've had a videotape. And some other idiot jumps in, Bible, and about, oh, I just had this video posted on my wall a couple weeks ago. I know. Now I can't find it because the Internet has conspired to hide it. And blah. People will literally believe their own bullshit to the point that they are sincere in their belief. And sometimes you got to walk away from that right um you 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 can you know you go back and forth with somebody two three times and if they're going to stick with it you say look i I'm, I'm not i'm sorry i don't know how to explain to you that what you were saying is completely at odds with reality i don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people and that that's in your best interest to want to have an educated and healthy population in this country so that we have a strong nation but since you don't appear to be interested in understanding those things i'm going to go spend my energy having conversations that may be productive have a nice day and leave them hang, right? You are not the asshole whisperer. And believe me, this is a problem that I have had to, you know, go through myself more than once. Uh, this idea that if I can just find the way to say the right thing, you have to accept sometimes that people aren't interested in hearing truth. What they're interested in, have in is having their biases reinforced. And if you refuse to do it, they will refuse to listen to you, right? Avoid heavy criticism of other candidates. Okay, uh, and this has been one of the fun parts of watching this infestation on the Obama page with all these people that are, you know, as soon as you say anything positive about Bernie, they're like, oh my god, oh my god, blah, 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 blah. well, Biden, 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 and Bernie's at this, and Bernie's at that, and Bernie's. They never say anything positive about Joe Biden. Not one time has anybody come up and said, well, you know, I've seen Joe Biden's health care plan, and I really think it's a much better plan than Bernie Sanders because of this point and this point and this point. It's just repeating the same stupid bullshit. Well, he was Obama's vice president. So fucking what? So what? So what? So Obama selected him as a vice president in 2008. Today is 2020. We have a candidate who is, you know, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, better than Obama uh, in terms of, of his vision for the country. 
uh, and, and his ideological cant, what he believes and what he believes is the right thing to do for the most amount of people, right? I do not have to uh, immediately fall down and worship at the altar of Joe Biden just because he was Obama's vice president. That doesn't make Joe Biden a bad guy. It just means that I don't support him, right? But these people, they don't come in and, and they, don't, they don't say, well, I'm voting for Joe Biden because I believe that, uh, you know, I, I'm voting for Joe Biden because he has this clear economic vision for the country that is going to bring us back to blah, blah, blah. And I'm voting for Joe Biden because he supports a strong military, which we really need right now. Or I'm voting for Joe Biden because he supports universal help, right? It's I'm voting for Joe Biden because he was Obama's vice president. I'm voting for Joe Biden because Bernie can't win. I'm voting for Joe Biden because, insert any one of the arguments that I've already discussed, right? It's always, I'm voting for Joe Biden because Bernie's bad, right? Or I'm voting for Joe Biden because Bernie can't win. And if you don't vote for him, you're just voting for Trump. People say that and they believe it. And it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. And that game, again, I, I have talked about this and I'll continue talking about it until I see some evidence that people are starting to understand it. This good cop, bad cop routine is so very fundamentally part of our political discourse in this country. Well, you have to vote for this middle of the road candidate because if you try to vote for the things that you really need, then the other guy who's even worse is going to win. Bullshit. That's cowardly. I have zero respect for that kind of thinking. None. Right. Meanwhile, here's Joe Biden saying that he would veto a single uh, universal single payer health plan because it's too expensive. How am I going to get behind that, man? And again, I don't dislike Joe Biden, but he's wrong for reasons I've discussed a million times that have nothing to do with him. He's wrong. We could pay for it all day long. We've got the money. If there's another reason, then he should be honest about that. And that's part of the problem, the larger problem. Yeah, I'm not going to get off on a tangent right now on that. It's already 10 minutes to 9, and I want to get this done uh, and, and get through this article. So uh, the final the final tactic uh, that I wanted to make sure that I hit, uh, for those of you who do engage in these conversations online, find some common ground, right? Ask some questions, right? Somebody comes at you and says, well, okay, so what issues are important to you? Oh, well, I want to get rid of Donald Trump. Oh, well... <laughs> Bernie Sanders polls better than Biden against Trump in almost every single poll, right? Sanders kills Trump in whatever, 115 out of 118 polls or something like that. He just absolutely wipes the floor with him at far greater margins than Biden when Biden wins, which he doesn't always. Right. So if that's if you're the single voter, I have a single vote and I've seen that it's become a meme now. I'm a single issue voter this year. I just want to get rid of Trump. OK, then vote for Bernie Sanders because he's the one that will definitely get rid of Trump. It's that simple. Right. Well, Bernie can't win. Whatever. You know, uh, the reality is and, and I discussed this at the top of the show. The reality is that most Americans support Bernie Sanders platform. Uh, and it's shown in poll after poll after poll after poll after poll. The reason that Sanders has any issue at all is because we have been conditioned by the mass media, every single owner of which is opposed to Bernie Sanders, right? 
We talked about that yesterday. The media in this country is mostly owned by six companies, and every single one of them has a heavily vested interest in avoiding a Sanders presidency because Bernie Sanders supports labor unions, which they don't want him to. And Bernie Sanders supports net neutrality, which takes away a big chunk of potential future earnings when Comcast and... and uh, yeah, um, the the Xfinity people, whoever, turn on the fast lane internet so the big rich companies can buy good service and people like me who just have little blogs, uh, you know, are stuck with 30 second or minute long load times because we can't get a decent pipe because the net is long, no longer content neutral because somebody wanted to turn a buck on it. That's why you hear these things. That's why you hear them time and time again. Uh, and, and, you know... Aside from the fact that, that trying to cast any of this as a conspiracy theory is gaslighting in and of itself, right? Uh, you know, you got to go back to, to George Carlin, right? It is not necessary to have a formal conspiracy when like interests converge. And these people all go to the same schools, and they're all parts of the same fraternities, and they all go to the same country clubs, and they all eat the same lunches together, and they all have the meetings together, and they all sit on the same boards of directors. They all have the same vested interests. It does not require a formal conspiracy for people to go, oh, well, hey, you know what? This Bernie Sanders guy is threatening my investments. I better do something. And because they have the money and they have the power, the something that they do is they manipulate and control the, the, the narrative through media and uh, in more underhanded methods through social media and inauthentic actors on social media, right, to convince you the schlub who's making $37,500 a year changing people's oil, but you got 17 bucks in a 401k. So now you feel like you're a stockholder and the stock market is falling. Oh my God, I can't have that. Now I have only got $12 in my 401k. You know, and that's, you know, again, I remember being a kid and buying into that when I was little, right, that whole mentality of, uh, you know, uh, uh, aspirational affluence, right, the Sinclair Lewis thing about, you know, uh, the, there are no poor people in America, it's just a, a whole bunch of temporarily embarrassed millionaires, right, and we take that on, we, we totally absorb that, every single one of us, it seems like, thinks that we're just that one lucky break away from being part of the 1%, and so we vote in the interests of the 1% so that we can protect ourselves when we get rich, it's horseshit. First of all, the chances of any of us ever being that rich, uh, even a lottery win, I mean, even a billion dollar lottery win at this point would not put you in the club. You know, if you had a personal net worth of over half a billion dollars, you might start be edging into the land where you're one of those people, but you still won't be part of it because now you're new money, Right. You just got lucky. You didn't do anything. You're not self-made, which is another stupid myth that we love in this country. Oh, yeah, I'm self-made. Nobody helped me. I just, you know, went to public schools on public roads and, you know, live in a house that was built of, you know, security and safety codes that are dictated by regulations and blah, blah, blah. Nobody helped me. Whatever. It's a myth. Okay? Nobody, nobody in this country right now got to where they are, good or bad, by themselves. Nobody got anywhere without some help, okay? 
Most times that help comes in the form of being born in the right zip code. And that's not a joke, okay? The number one determining factor of what you will make as an adult, of what your income and your economic class will be as an adult, the number one indicator is the zip code you're born, you live in when you're born. And that's broken and fucked up because that means people who live in the wrong zip codes don't have the same chances. That's not fair. That's not just, that's not equal. And now we're seeing the results of that. Right? We are seeing right now with this coronavirus thing coming in. And I showed you that before uh, at the top of the, the, the show. And I'm going to bring it up again so you can take another look at it. Let me uh, let me get that window on and go back over here. Right here. Okay. Recovery rates globally from coronavirus, 51%. China, 78%. Right? Australia, 17%. Latin America, 2%. America, 1% right our recovery rates for this are absolutely horrible right now and it's going to improve over time simply because in a lot of cases the disease hasn't played itself out yet but the reality is is we again you know i, I i've been a part of a couple of you know discussion groups uh, for a couple of months now that are filled with you know healthcare professionals and people who are working in the field and every single one of them says the same thing we are the 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 going phrase is woefully unprepared and the biggest place we're unprepared is in our own heads because we have gotten so locked into this privilege mentality well the old people are gonna die but i'll be fine i'm not an old person the, the sick people are going to die, but I'll be fine. I'm not a sick person. The poor people are going to die. And, you know, there's a there's a tweet that floats around about, you know, hey, we can hear you. And we don't even think about it. We don't think about the implications of what we're saying because we're so wrapped up in our own egos and our own our own bullshit. Um, and and this, this strange and exotic belief that somehow we are the exception to every rule. And it, most of us as individuals seem to believe that, you know. Um, and, and frankly, as somebody who actually is an exception to a lot of rules, it gets to be a pain in the ass after a while and it gets boring. You know, you know how much it sucks to sit here doing this when there's 300,000 other idiots out there doing it and they got more money and better equipment and bigger audiences and I can't get heard even though I'm more qualified than, you know, 99.8% of them to do this. My information is more solid, but I can't get heard because not only is there all that noise out there, but more intelligent people have completely dismissed the form because it's packed with bullshit. Oh, he's just a blogger. He can't possibly know what the hell he's talking about. He's just a YouTube star. He's an internet warrior. What the hell does he know? He's just another one of these mouthy Google University graduates. And you get blown off immediately because these assholes, you know, shit in the pool repeatedly for years. And now here I come trying to do it right. And I can't get anywhere. Same thing you see with the, you know, the big, the, the big pages, right? I don't, you know, I mean, I, I put up some memes and I, I put up some funny stuff once in a while. That's not my stock in trade, right? My job, just like it says at the top of the show, I'm not here to pander to people. I'm not here to just tell you that your biases are right and you, you, you are special and you're wonderful. That's not what I'm here for. 
there are times when I wish I could do that. Uh, and it, because my life would be a lot easier. I'd probably be making a hell of a lot of money doing this instead of sitting here doing it on cheap ass webcam, you know, praying that my computer holds up. It sucks. And I think, I don't know, I would like to hope that when this coronavirus thing has shaken out and things have settled back down and we've buried our dead and there will be plenty of them, uh, that we are going to have a moment in human history where we finally start deciding that maybe expertise is a real thing and that maybe validly derived authority from subject matter expertise is legitimate, right? Uh, and that, you know, anti-intellectualism is a pretty dangerous and stupid thing to engage in. And that it's perfectly okay that everybody is not the smartest person in the room and they don't have to be. Right? We all want to feel like we're the most important person in the room. We all want to feel like we're the smartest guy talking. And most of us aren't. By definition, we can't be. Mathematically, it's impossible. What was the... Hang on a minute. I got to pull this up and make sure I get the numbers right because it's funnier and shit. And I don't want to misrepresent it to you. Uh, let me see. Da -da. Yeah. 65% of Americans think they're more intelligent than the average person. Isn't that hilarious? Let me say that again for you one time. 65% of Americans believe that they are more intelligent than the average person. The Dunning-Kruger effect isn't just an internet insult, kids. Okay? And the sad thing is, uh, and that's what the Dunning-Kruger uh, theory tells us, is, you know, uh, the, the less intellect somebody has the less likely they are to have the tools to recognize their own limitations right so uh and and i think we are going to pay a price for that i think we are starting to see that price right now uh and and you know i'm hoping that it doesn't get ugly uh and i'm hoping that it doesn't get as ugly as it could um but the potential is definitely there right a couple of weeks ago i sent that message out to to my friends list saying hey you better buckle down it's about ready to get bumpy and and you know some people went why are you fear-mongering why are you scaremongering this is bullshit what are you saying i said look i ran the numbers from the looks of this thing based on what i'm seeing right now we're looking at a potential casualty a list of between a million and a half and three million people in this country right and based on the numbers at that time that was mathematically accurate Oh, no, it's no, yeah, that's what they said about SARS, too, and like a thousand people, blah, 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 and everybody knows better. Everybody knows better. This happens every four years. This happens every four years. It's just a political ploy, blah, blah, blah. It's just a distraction, right? Interview in, in Newsweek or one of the one of the big news sites that I caught uh, today. I saw the blurb on it. I didn't read it, but I saw the headline, right? Former CDC director says, worst case scenario, 1.6 million Americans dead. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, I said that a month ago. Nobody listened. And nobody's listening now either, by the way, right? Some people are. People are listening enough just out of self-interest to panic and go buy a bunch of toilet paper, right? But very few people other than the people who have been doing it already for years, like me, like Bernie Sanders, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, etc., right? Nobody is looking at this going, well, obviously we need a universal single-payer healthcare system because that would help us deal with this. Right? People don't want to see it. People don't want to hear it. Everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room, and it's 
getting ready to kill a bunch of people. So, uh, and uh, boy, I wish I was leaving on a happier note, but uh, I've got five minutes after nine, which means I'm over time now. Uh, thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and duck on out of here. Um, I swear, you know, one of these days I'm going to do a happy, upbeat, lighthearted show. Uh, tomorrow's Friday, and I do, uh, on Fridays, I do the, the free-for-all Friday thing. Uh, and so uh, maybe tomorrow I'll try to find some, uh, you know, whatever, happy video games or some good music to share with you or something like that. I really would like to get more into music, but you start to run into problems doing that in these kinds of shows because if I play too big of a section of music, then all of a sudden I start getting... Uh, you know, my videos start getting uh, the sound ripped out of them by YouTube, or I can't share them as podcasts because I don't have licensing for them. So I have to be really careful in uh, how I use that stuff. Uh, but I will uh, find a way to handle that. In the meantime, uh, for those of you who have been viewing live, thank you very much for stopping in and seeing me tonight. And uh, I do appreciate it. Please bring your friends tomorrow. And uh, for those of you listening on the podcast who cannot see all the pretty graphics, you can find me on Twitter at JohnHenry underscore US, uh, my website at JohnHenry.us. And the Patreon campaign is alive and well. If you would like to support independent media and the things I do, help me buy some decent equipment and get in a better mood, uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash John Henry. And, uh, yeah, if you go to the website, johnhenry.us, it's got links to the Facebook page, the Twitter, the Patreon, all that good stuff. It's even got a PayPal link. Uh, you know, if you don't want to sign up for something and just want to throw me five bucks, you can do that too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's that for those of you who are watching, of course, uh, wrong side. I've got the, uh, the graphic up there. That's, that's telling you everything that I just said. So thank you very much. Love y'all. Thanks for stopping by. Have yourself a great Thursday night, and I will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. As you know, I am here every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern live on YouTube. Uh, you can see the uh, list of folks here off to my right of uh, legacy supporters, and your name can also be part of that list. Uh, please check out my Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash johnhenry or my website at johnhenry.us for more information on how you can help support independent media, improve the work I'm doing, and uh, help me get out into the world and get some of these other big projects done. Uh, thank you very much once again and have a great evening.